0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Scott Wright is back with us again today. Scott's been teaching us about the different ages of the church and significant things the Bible and history has to say about them, as well as helping us to understand the modern-day church age with all the societal problems that we're facing today. Scott's also a podcaster, has a truly great podcast called The God-Centered Concept as well. And you need to listen and subscribe to his podcast because there's some great content on there. He's also published a journal called God Center Concept Journal, making God's Word My Ways. Help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Scott Wright. Scott, it's so good to have you back today, my friend.
2: How are you doing, Bob? Hey, great to be here and ready for a great discussion as always.
1: Amen. Well, last time we talked about the declarations of Jesus, but you mentioned something last time and I wanted to get you back on here to go into detail about it. That's the seven step process is outlined in the book of Revelation. Amen. So, first, Let's discuss what is the seven-step process.
2: Well, if we if we go look at Revelation chapter three, and we really actually start with verse fourteen, and we go all the way through twenty-two, we know that that's describing the Church of Laodicea, which most of us believe is the last stage of the Church is what that's describing. Right. It was obviously technically it was a church over in Asia Minor during the time that John was was basically ostracized on the island of Patmos and had basically been removed from society because they were tired of him preaching the gospel so and talking (laughs) about Jesus. They were trying to make him quiet. They couldn't even kill him. And so as they tried many times and had to finally just get rid of him. And so most likely what that is referring to is the seventh age of the church. And I think most of us believe that, or at least many of us do. Here's the thing. If you really break that entire passage down, what that's going to show you is that Jesus is teaching this church, Laodicea, how to connect to him. Because they've completely abandoned the truth. They've right. walked away from the foundation that gets you connected to Christ. You can and you cannot connect to God without connecting to Christ. Right. Period. I mean, we, and and those of us who are believers know that. Well, here's the thing. Think about the church today. How well are they, follow, how well is the church, how well is it grounded in the foundation of truth? I mean, there's like right. 50 truths now. Yeah. And probably more. And it seems like it changes every week with how technology changes. I mean, it's it's kind of a weird thing, but it Kind of, that's what I sense every time. I mean, there's always something new. And I'm like, there is nothing new. Jesus laid the foundation for us and for the the church and how we're supposed to walk. And this church has abandoned that is really what this is. So as I get into this process, we need to understand that as we walk in. So starting with, if you start with verse 18, the first thing that Jesus is talking about is, buy from me gold refined by the fire gold represents the truth who do you buy the truth from you only get it from jesus there's no one else that the truth comes from all other truths are not truths at all they're coming from a different source and they are not of god and refined by the fire means that that truth needs to be tested and burnt into your faith and purified see gold has a quality. And sometimes there's impurities in it and the fire tests and removes all those impurities to make it pure gold. Well, guess what? That's kind of think of that as your faith. So that truth in your faith and that intermingling there with gold and through fire and being purified, that's the way to think of that. And then you move on. The second step of the process is that buy from me white garments to clothe yourselves and cover your shameful nakedness. We're talking about purity here. Think about it. God is holy. He calls us to be holy. And to do that, we have to walk in his purity. And and one of the key points that I make on that step is that, and I I hear about this all the time and it drives me crazy. (laughs) I'll just be honest with you here. Just laying it out there is everybody talks about their purity and I'm like, it's not your purity. It's God's purity.
1: That's right. Amen. He's the only
2: one that's holy. No one else is holy. So we are clothing ourselves that white garment. It is his garment that we are putting on. And we need to remember that. It's his holiness and his purity that cloaks us to cover our shame. So, and And if you really read into that and and I I spent three months almost every day reading the same passage over and over and over. And I was led to do that. And what happened was over time I started to realize every part of this is about how he reshapes our thinking, how he reshapes our heart. And there's going to be consequences for that that are positive, positive changes in us. And putting on that purity leads to the next step and then it says buy from me eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you can see well it's step by step if you don't have truth you cannot have purity and if you don't have purity you cannot have clear vision you cannot you cannot understand what that eye salve is right the eye salve is the holy spirit clearing your vision so that you stop seeing it your way and you start seeing it God's way. Amen. Amen. You know, in the Beatitudes, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Well, you can't see God and if you don't have purity. And it has to be his purity, not what oh. you think of purity. You know, how many times, Bob, have you heard? Well, I just I, I want to try to be a good person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we hear that stuff all the time. Well, I'm just trying to be a good person. I'm just working on me. I'm like. What is that? It's what I want to say. And I don't say that. I just listen. But there's no such thing. You, you cannot change the evilness of our flesh. We we can't change that. The, the word of God is very clear about this. And I think as as the deeper you get into your faith and the longer you walk with Christ and the closer you get to God, the more you realize your flesh is just evil. Amen. It is. Mm-hmm. But it's him that purifies you and he shifts you from your thinking to his thinking amen there's no such thing as being a good person it just doesn't exist and so as a christ follower we need to put that out of our mind that's a way the enemy draws us in to make us think that we do it oh, see yeah. but it's it's like 95 truth with a little bit of salt and pepper sprinkled in that are his mm-hmm. and not god's
1: yeah i, I was Use this as an example one time of preaching. If he I took a glass of water, set it up on the platform and said, this you know, great water, drinking it, you know, took a sip. I said, but one drop of arsenic can turn this bad. And I just took a food dropper with a thing of blue dye, put one drop of blue dye in there and then continued walking around. You know, just didn't shake it, didn't stir it, didn't do anything, right? And just walked around, continued preaching for about three, four minutes. Turn around, and that whole glass of water was blue. Right? I said, "No, anybody want to drink? It's the same water. You know, this food dye, so it's not going to hurt you. But here, you can take a drink if you want to." Nobody would take a drink. Yeah. I said, "That's what one drop of impurity will do to your soul." You know, I said, "This is what Jesus sees." <laughs> you, know, yes, and, you know, in your eye, in your, you know, you know, this water is just as good as it was before, but nobody wants to drink it. And so that's, you know, that's what one drop of impurity in your soul looks like to Jesus. You know, everything Thank- else is pure in our mind. Right? We're good to go except for, you know, well, that one thing, but that's what makes it look
2: like it. You know. Exactly. And so, and, and as you work through those first three steps, as we were just talking about, it's, it's exactly what you said. We, that purity comes from him. And as that shifts, the Holy Spirit clears your vision to see it the way God sees it. And he teaches you to see it that way. And as you do, the next step of this process is basically twofold it is ridding yourself that through rebuke of what is wrong in your heart but also Jesus gives you what he does want you to do he starts making that change and and this is probably i would say this is where most people fall off is when we get to the rebuke and correction phase that rebuke and correction as God works that out in you, it's a process. It does not come overnight. See, so often we we acknowledge, okay, which is the first kind of inkling of all of this. When we acknowledge that we have sinned, there's an odd, there's 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 a momentary release. And the weight of that is off of us. But what we have to realize is there's more to it than that. It is not just; it's not just a one moment situation. But God also, with that release, what He's done is He's opened your spirit, He's opened the, in, in your heart, so that He can fill it. But you don't fill that overnight. You have to be open to His rebuke and His correction. So, rebuke I always say is the, is getting rid of the negative, and correction is putting in the positive. It's really about discipline. And the really way to think of discipline is structure. God is structuring you. He's restructuring your life. He's restructuring your thinking so he can restructure your life is the best way to think about it. Yeah. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2 is a perfect depiction of all this. And especially verse 2 is, is all about reshaping your thinking and changing your thinking into his will, understanding his good, pleasing and perfect will. So. I challenge you readers really memorize Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, because they are such important statements that Paul makes as to what our Christian walk, what, what it really involves. So anyway, if, after you get that correction, that rebuke and the correction, then the next step after that, and this is the fifth step is repentance. Now, repentance has two pieces here. It has It says zeal, if you read it, or strong eagerness is another way to think of it, or strong passion, and a kind of a fire, and then also you have an automatic repentance. And what happens is, is as you get through that rebuke and correction, and you get it structured correctly, and you start walking, you realize it's like, you just there's this automatic hunger that's coming from the Holy Spirit that you just want more of God, amen, and amen, it amen. automatically and naturally leads you to repent. Yep. Repent should be natural, and it's a it's it's really from the process of doing all the other stuff. It's really you followed the process to that point. Repentance will just naturally happen. Once you fully repent, that's when you start hearing God's voice because then you get to Revelation chapter verse 20 and the one that's probably spoke of the most behold i stand at the door not anyone who answers the door i will come in and he i will dine with him and he with me well there's this whole process of hearing the knock and it's really hearing his voice and as he walks in the door then you have fellowship with him and that's when you start really understanding and god's speaking into your life that's where calling comes in And this is the sixth step and it's, it's calling, but it's also fellowship and it's him directing you moment by moment. And then the last step is that it's really about endurance. It's about, it's about walking through the test of life in this new life that you're in. And, and, and that process should be playing out in your life over and over and over. And whether you're, First coming to Christ, whether you're a mature believer and you need to grow in an area, that process will play out in your life all the time. And it's that seven-step process that connects you closer to God, and we are to walk in that. Jesus taught us how to do it. He was teaching this church how to reconnect with him.
1: Well, how does all this relate to the seventh age of the church that we discussed before?
2: Well, as I already said earlier, the, the seventh age of the church, you know, as we talked about, first of all, in eight, in the 1830s, that was the switching over of the sixth to the seventh age. And really what's happened is, is, let's just face it, life is almost too easy for us. Yeah, I mean, we have hit the pinnacle of human comfort. I mean, we've gone about as far as we can go. I mean, I guess we could go a little further and especially in the civilized world, I'll say not talking about in other in in some countries where they're not civilized. You know, they haven't had all the technology and civilization, but we have went about as far as we can go in human ingenuity. And and now we're into artificial intelligence. And I mean, (laughs) that's bringing a whole different thing. And you have some podcast stuff on that already. Yeah. Which I am gonna sit down and listen to. I'm very interested in hearing what, what he had to say about that and what you had to say about it. But here's the thing. In this day and age, we are living in the age of opulence. We're living in the it's a lazy church. Yeah. I mean, we're and it's not just church, it's society in general. We we're we're lazy. I mean, you know, I heard, I like to say it this way, we're a bunch of Burger King babies. We all want it our way.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, we want our we want our comforts. And and what's happened is, and this is just happens naturally when you get too comfortable, is that we lose the idea of what true love is. God is love. And God being love, he equates love with faith. We have learned to equate love with comfort. And that is a deception. And this church is deceived. And look at all the comforts of life. You have everything at your fingertips. You've got, we've got more tech. I've got more technology right here. Just you and me, Bob, just talking and how we're doing this presentation. than they had with the men that landed on the moon in 1969. (laughs) I mean, that was a ship that landed on the moon. And we have more technology that we're using right now between you and me.
1: Exactly.
2: I mean, it's, it's, everything's easy. It really is. And so when you think about that what is that naturally going to do it's going to make people be lazy well that creates a whole nother set of issues yeah. and what jesus is doing is he's talking to a very complacent church that's got complacent and as you continue to get more comfortable and more complacent more complacent eventually you start abandoning the foundation eventually you will lose the, your foundation yep. because yeah because you're look they're, they're
1: looking at it from perspective of Hey, we're already saved. We can't get any more saved than we're already saved. So why worry about it anymore? You know, just, exactly. we just kick back, relax, wait for Jesus to come back.
2: Yeah, just ride that gravy train, baby. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it feels that's like. All
1: they're doing exactly, yeah.
2: and that's not, and that is not what we're called to do. Right. I mean. Acts 20:24 20, I consider my life of no value except to testify to the good news of God's grace. Obviously Paul was talking to Luke there. Yep. Because Paul makes some similar statements in other in some of his letters. We Jesus himself Luke 14. You know, if you don't hate your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, your wife, your child, even your own life, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That, you know, the cross is not comfortable. I tell people that. The cross is not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about the cross. Jesus did not live a comfortable life. If you think that's what this is all about, then you are gravely mistaken. Matter of fact, you're supposed to abandon yourself. You're not supposed to find yourself. You're supposed to abandon yourself and let Jesus take over.
1: Well how does all this tie in with the third temple which is going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem in the last days?
2: Well, you know, I, and I that I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I want to do in in at some point is I want us to go through the temple and understand what the temple is and the process of it. So again, I did a full study on the temple and and learn what that what that all entails. And the thing is, is that this third building of the temple is really a switch from the age of the Gentile to, to in, in basically ending the age of the Gentile. It'll be the signal that it's over. And the age of the Gentile is the age, seven ages of the church. And so now that's changed. And obviously what's going to happen during the process after that temple is rebuilt is that we're going to have someone stand in that temple the place where god had shined his shekinah presence and claim himself to be god it's almost like a shift from when constantine was baptized here was a guy that everybody thought was the man the god and he was saying, even I, the one you think of as a God, has to be baptized to be saved. I mean, that was the moment. That was the culminating moment yeah. of switching this second to the third age of the church. It was also a defining moment in the church. Well, guess what? This temple is just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy saying, I can stand in God's temple and claim myself to be God. Now, he's going to get he's got coming to him because he's going to mock god and you don't get to get away with that that is a you know that's he he's going to be smited by the mighty smiter as they said in almighty bruce you know smite me almighty smiter and all that stuff he went on well that's what's going to happen to the guy that does that that stands in that temple and says those things so that temple has a lot of significance And for us to really understand, to truly understand what's going on in the book of Revelation, we really need to study the ancient Hebrew culture because so much of that culture teaches us what's going on. You know, another thing, and and I just want to, this will be a way for people to come back and listen to another, give a little another tidbit, is that at some point I want us to talk about Great Babylon because I have some interesting information that we can talk about sometime here on this podcast that I think yeah. will really clear your listeners in on Great Babylon as well. But this, this temple thing is a big deal. And it was a centerpiece of ancient Hebrew society. And it was the it was the culmination every year on the Day of Atonement of their entire existence. Yeah. Because it signified that god was going to allow israel to survive another year and also it was them representing god and it was it's a way of humbling themselves before god and saying god you are the only one worthy because you have to redeem me before i'm allowed to continue on yeah and it's a symbol of how jesus redeems us we can't we can't continue on in the next life with God, without Jesus forgiving us, and that te- He represents. Look, when we go through the steps of the temple, and in the next podcast that we do, we're gonna we walk through that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about and understand how Jesus walks us through each step, how He became each step for us, and how He represents that in the way that we, in, in basically in the way that we connect to Him amen amen he is you know he becomes the temple when the te- when the temple yeah. veil tears right when he dies and the earth shakes and that temple the veil t- tears it signified that Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate high priest yeah. yeah and for our listeners to completely understand that you've got to understand the full process of what these priests would do to get to the day of atonement because God gave Moses all of that on the mountain. You know, of course, it's a tabernacle at first until they actually get to build it and yeah. Solomon yeah. will build the temple.
1: So, what will we be discussing next time?
2: Well, we're gonna talk about this temple. We're gonna talk about the process of the temple. Amen. We're gonna talk about how Jesus becomes that. So that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun discussion yeah. because yeah. I think for your for the listeners here, you guys are gonna really understand. Not only how, why Jesus, why it was so important for Jesus to come, but why it's so important that we understand how he forgives us. See, God lays out, he, it's kind of like a, he's kind of like given the, the prequel when he gives it to Moses mm-hmm. of what he's really going to do. Yeah. Because his son is the one that's going to perfectly fulfill each step of that process that those Amen. priests would work through.
1: Amen. Amen. Scott, all this sounds so interesting. And if someone wanted to reach out to you for more information, ask a question, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: Well, you can email me at gccgodcenteredconcept God centered concept, 2038 at gmail.com. Amen. And then obviously you can listen to my podcast and yep. that's the God centered concept. T S right is my name. And you'll see a nice little fading into the sunset cross in the, uh, as the icon.
1: Amen. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Folks, these are very important times in which we live. I mean, you can just turn the television on and see why. These things that are happening today are the culmination of biblical prophecy. And Scott Wright is helping us to understand the basics so you can see the big picture. And it's so important that you stay up with these episodes that we're going through and go to his website, listen to the podcast for more information in order to study this out for yourself. I mean, it'll only take you a second or two, drop down the show notes, get in touch with Scott, but be sure to order his great book, God-Centered Concept Journal: Making God's Word My Ways as well while you're in the show notes, but you need to, to get in touch with him, stay up to date with the podcast. Every time he comes back on, he's dropping more golden nuggets. I guess you could say that that is leading us one step at a time to get closer and closer to Jesus. It's just so exciting every time he comes on. I mean, I just look forward to these interviews because I'm learning different aspects that, you know, I've been studying this for 30 years and I'm still learning stuff. You can't ever know it all. God gives each person a perfect perspective on something and that's, they're adding to the building blocks. If you want to call it, you know, we'll say building the temple. Each person has this own block that they have to contribute to the building of the temple. And that's what Scott's doing with this program. Well, Scott, man, this is all, this, this is so good, man. I could talk to you for hours about this. And
2: we have so
1: far. Yeah, We've been talking I mean, hours. We, we
2: just keep on going and going and going. Hey, I have no problem. If you want to, Hey, if you want to go right up to another hour and a half. I'm all good to go.
1: <laughs> oh man. This is, this is good. Folks drop down the show notes, get in touch with Scott, but be sure to come back for the very next episode we just continue this discussion as he's going to start taking a step by step through the
2: temple process. Praise God.
1: Scott, appreciate you coming back on the program today, and I'm looking forward to the next one, brother.
2: Hey Bob, it was great and look forward to more discussion here in the future.
1: Amen. Folks, for Scott Wright myself, Pastor Bob reminded, be blessed in all that you do.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.